Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. So, Corey Johnson. How much do you shop online? How much do you go into stores? Uh, Increasingly online. I think it's true for so many people. We certainly see it in the family. I mean, maybe the biggest financial story of the year thus far is the collapse of retail as as online really uh, is achieving some kind of dominance. But our next guest says retail isn't dying. It's just in crisis. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper into uh, what's going on and what it all means for the players in that group. First up, though, top is the stories and a look at trading. Here is, once again, Charlie Pell. All right. I thank you very much, Carol Messer. Let us begin with the closing oil update. Here are the numbers at the close of floor trading at the NYMEX, brought to you by USCF. Invest in what's real. Visit USCFinvestments.com. That's USCFinvestments.com. West Texas intermediate crude up 1.3%, up 60 cents a barrel to $46.37. Brent crude up 1.2%. Gold unchanged flat at 12.54.90 the ounce. The 10-year down 4.30 seconds. The yield there 2.25%. A mixed Monday with the S&P down a point to 24.70, down one-tenth of 1%. Dow Industrials down 44, down two-tenths of 1%. And NASDAQ is up 15, a gain there of 3 tenths of one percent. Earnings season upon us. We'll be hearing from Alphabet, parent of Google, after the closing bell. But what are companies telling us about their capital spending plans? Gina Martin-Adams is senior equity strategist at Bloomberg Intelligence, and she was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Television. So it's really interesting, this cycle in general, is that companies have been very, very skittish to deploy capital. They've bought back shares. They've increased dividends. They've certainly spent on some M&A. But in terms of capital spending, it's pretty slow. And I think a consequence of generally slow economic conditions. People familiar with the matter say U.S. antitrust officials have started talking to representatives from AT&T and Time Warner about possible conditions that could secure approval of their $85.4 billion tie-up. AT&T down four-tenths of one percent. Time Warner up seven-tenths of one percent. S&P down Point twenty four seventy down about a tenth of a percent. The Dow down forty four down two tenths of one percent. Nasdaq up sixteen up three tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie Pellet, thank you very much. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Monday. Carol Master, Corey Johnson, and we are Bloomberg. You don't want me Rick Springfield? Could it be? Yeah. Remember those All General running. Hospital days? How could I ever forget them? But that's about that's back when retail mattered. Does it matter anymore? Uh, certainly, we see the performance of the of the uh, publicly traded retail companies, which left and right are seeing falling revenues. Brian Manning joins us around the CEO of Centric Digital uh, with a look at uh, what's happening to digital and how retail is responding. Um, Brian, how do you summarize the result? What results did you think were most important that we've seen so far this year from the retail sector? Well, n- n- not so much in terms of results of quarterly earnings or anything, but really how much retail is shifting. Um, you know, obviously Amazon, uh, death by Amazon is a uh, trend that's going on. A lot of retailers are, are feeling the pain from that. I've seen stock prices down significantly in traditional old school retailers. Uh, but you see some adapters. Uh, Nike just uh, announced that it's going to be listing its products directly on Amazon. Um, there's lots of disruptors in the space, Orby Parkers of the world, uh, Bonobos, which was recently acquired, that are just changing the way retail is done. 
So I think back a few years and everybody said, we've got to be online, we've got to be online. Is it just about being online or is it also we've got just a retail market that's kind of oversaturated? O- oversaturated and also it just needs to change to how the consumer is shifting. A uh, consumer wants to spend more on experiences. So they're still willing to go uh, shopping, but they're more interested in experiences in those retail environments. And you see the likes of Apple and Google when they open up stores. They're very different to what a traditional store is. What does that mean, though, in experience? Like when you go, I, I get it's, it with the Apple where you get to play with things and, you know, like, but what does that mean for someone who sells shoes? Like, what do you do? Well, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a fashionista, but I'm sure there are experiences that you could create where you're letting people really experience what it's like to wear different products and, and, uh, augmented reality as a technology that a lot of retailers should be thinking about implementing to visualize what a product may look on you without even necessarily needing to be in the store. Mm-hmm. And and also just visualize what products look like at your home. Uh, First Dibs has a view the product in your room type feature where you see something on their site you like, but you're not so sure how it'll fit in the living room. You can just put your phone up in your living room, see the living room in the background, see the product in it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it still seems that they're, they're playing defense here, though. I mean, it, it, it just seems like, uh, you know, that's where these guys are. A, l- a lot of the traditional companies are usually in a defensive position. It's a lot of the work that uh, my company, Centric Digital, does is focus on these traditional businesses and help them figure out how to start playing offense because they have the brand, they have the capital, um, all they don't have is the entrepreneurial and, and disruptor spirit within their walls. And if we can help unleash that within them, uh, they'd be a much bigger force than some of these new d- startups that are happening. We have this fun story on the Bloomberg uh, by Michelle um, Lodge. And uh, actually, I'm trying to think if this actually is coming from the street.com. It is. But they're suggesting, it was on the Bloomberg, they're suggesting that, you know, if Walmart wants to kind of beat off Amazon, maybe their next target, they should buy an auto parts retailer. It would be kind of a, you know, way to pump up your brand, you know, widen your footprint. Is it ultimately potentially going to come down to just Walmart and Amazon? Certainly in the retail space, those are the two big giants, Walmart being the the previous to Amazon, the biggest footprint. Now that Amazon has just bought Whole Foods, I mean, that's a serious play to have real estate everywhere, especially in a market like groceries where people are going to the store one, two, three times a week right. um, versus your traditional mall where you may only wait till the weekend to go. And, and frankly, people are stopping spending a lot of time at the mall because they're doing other things and they can get a lot of products directly online. And that's my pushback, Corey. Like, I, first of all, just don't love the mall, mall experience. It's too overwhelming for me. But I'm like, I don't want to spend hours in a mall. Like, I right. I'm going to either go online or I'm going to go to one shop and just go in, get out, right. and move pe- on. Right, and people want to spend their time in other ways, like yeah. dining out and, and entertainment and, and many type of things like that. Um, the, the interesting thing, though, here is retail has been seeing this coming for a very long time. E-commerce is not a new topic. It's it's almost right. 20 years old at this point in terms of mainstream. Amazon was founded or went mainstream about that long ago. Uh, but Amazon was initially about selling books. It's a it, very different company than and, when it started out. And that's the key point is I I don't think that these other industries are seeing who their disruptors are going to really be. I mean, nobody thought back in 1997 that Amazon was going to not only disrupt books, but disrupt most of retail, and now is the leading uh, cloud service provider. But so, don't you think these companies, leave, whether you're in auto parts or something else, you know it when you're losing 10% of your sales online and the 20% is right around the corner. You know it when mm-hmm. someone walks in and says, you know, I can get this same gear shift online. 
online for half the price. Well, if they knew it, uh, certainly there's tons of proof of companies not seeing it coming. I think uh, Barnes & Noble, Blockbuster, Tower Records would, would say they, they saw yeah. those discounts and didn't see it coming. Just got 20 seconds. What happens to a Costco or BJ's, which is kind of no frills supposed to be? Do they survive? Um, you know, I'm not sure because Amazon continually tries to sell the larger format products. And to be honest, those stores existed when there wasn't so much you could get online. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they're under threat as well. Wild stuff, Corey. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. Uh, so glad to have you on. Uh, Brian Manning, the company's called Centric Digital. He's a big shot. He's a CEO. <laughs> yeah. Thank right, you. Listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. I'm at Corey TV. She's at Carol Masser on Twitter. And this is Bloomberg. All right, time for a check on your latest world of national news headlines. Once again, Nathan Hager in our Bloomberg 991 newsroom in Washington. Hi, Nate. Hi, Carol. Thanks. Jared Kushner says he did not collude with Russia, nor does he know anyone else in his father-in-law's campaign who did so. President Trump's son-in-law, senior advisor, gave a brief statement from the White House after spending more than two hours behind closed doors with the Senate Intelligence Committee. I had no improper contacts. I have not relied on Russian funds for my businesses. And I have been fully transparent in providing all requested information. Before the Capitol Hill interview, Kushner released an 11-page statement detailing four contacts with Russians he deemed inconsequential. Senate Intel Democrat Ron Wyden says the statement raises more questions than answers. Congressional Democrats want to show they represent more than resistance to President Trump. What do Democrats stand for? A better deal for working people. Higher wages, lower costs and the tools for a 21st century economy. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer joined other Democrats in unveiling a new agenda dubbed a better deal. They were in Berryville, Virginia. It's in a town that's one of the GOP districts the Democrats hope to flip in next year's midterm election. European Union officials are activating all diplomatic channels to press their concerns that U.S. energy sanctions against Russia could affect them. The House could vote on the sanctions as early as tomorrow. The White House has indicated the president does support the package, but Germany and Austria have said these sanctions could affect European businesses that are involved in piping in Russian natural gas. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. In Washington, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg.